Hello and welcome to I'm Free. My name's JT. I'm Josh. I'm TC. And I'm Matt. For those who don't know me, I'm friends, unfortunately, with JT, TC, and Josh. But, you know, I'm here yeah. for some more episodes. We we did invite him. He just sort of jumped on. I don't even know how he got into our chat. I just kind Quite of... A... Yeah. <laughs> you need to beef up security. Yeah, we really do. I'm just really, really lonely, do. okay? <laughs> it seems to be a theme here on this podcast. Yeah, that's why we're talking to each other. We're a bunch of lonely people talking to each other. <laughs> well, the twist is we hate talking to each other. Yeah. Well, that's why I do so online. Lonely. We can't do face-to-face because we're just all awkward, you know? Yeah. None of us can actually make eye contact. It's very, very tough. People yeah, I'm... Except Alec. He's not here for this one, but he can make eye contact, but it's just the really creepy uh, nonstop eye contact. Right. Like from across a dark parking lot, just staring. Uh, yeah, so today's game of the day that I want to talk about is Modern Warfare 2. I'm sure people out there have heard via YouTube, social media, that there's rumored to be a remastered for the multiplayer. Uh, Josh, did you ever play Modern Warfare 2 growing up? Uh, I played very little. Um, I played mostly the Spec Ops in that, and I, I, I did do the campaign but it was one of those, like, growing up, like, I had it, but my younger brother was far better than me. So I was like, you know, play something else. That's a stupid game, you know. Uh, it's, I'm going to play Halo. I'm going to play a man's game. But, right. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't good at it, so therefore it was a bad game. Yeah, it, it was just, you know, how is my little brother better than me? It's broken. Yeah. It's yeah broken. It... You didn't new tube. That's, that's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, you got a new tube for that game. Dude, I remember like when I first started playing it, I had the M4A1 with the grenade launcher attachment and the thumper, which is literally just a grenade launcher for my secondary. Yeah. <laughs> I was just the most horrible person. Yeah, you're why raged at the game. That You're why I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I'll tell you, the, the, was it the classes he had, so... I would always have – there's two classes. One of them was my one-man army class. Oh, God. But the N4A1, games are close, and all I do is just new to everyone. And like, <laughs> I would always get like a – was it Harrier? I think that was everyone's like favorite kill streak because it was easy to get. And then after that, it was like AC-130. Yeah. Ate me. That thing would – That thing was ridiculous. Was, was it like – yeah, Hardline – Stopping power, and oh, that's that's what I used. I used sleight of hand, stopping power, and the UMP forty five. The UMP forty five was like already a two shot kill, and then with stopping power, it's just ridiculous. Put a suppressor on that, you're good to go. Oh yeah, nobody even knew you were coming. Yeah, so I, like, obviously, me and Matt played it a ton, and you know, sometimes we'd also play split screen. We'd invite uh, Mike and Jason up, and <laughs> me and Matt versus them. It wasn't exactly a fair fight, but. <laughs> like just growing up you and i were always like six feet tall and they're five foot in basketball you and i always hate playing against each other so like all right <laughs> playing basketball sorry yep. like you're on one team <laughs> every fucking day yeah gonna play against you but you know what we won almost every time be- we before, really before mike got really good at quick scoping <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but you, at least at least you gave me if we ever did like a free for all quick scoping match, 
I was so bad at it that I was allowed to use a a Barrett fifty cal. Yeah. For <laughs> the quick scoping battles. I remember it like if I got close to you, you would just let it rip. You just like fire like eight shots at me with steady aim. Not even aiming, and you just mow me down. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I had to stay far away from you to have a chance. (laughs) That's the only time I could ever win. Yeah. Yeah. So is is that how you guys, uh, you know, handled your beef when you were growing up? Like, beat me on rust, bitch. You know, is that like, is that how you guys settled things? I don't, not not Uh, really. I didn't really have beef with people growing up. (laughs) I mean, like, to be honest, like, JT and I never played against each other because we would just get mad at each other. So I guess right. Beef was just destroying Mike and Jason. Like, right. That's how <laughs> just let out your angle. I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. It was usually at a steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, TC, did you play Modern Warfare 2 or are you more the Halo guy because you're on Xbox? So I started mostly Halo, but I did play quite a bit of Modern Warfare 2 as well. That was the first Call of Duty game that I got. Well, Actually, technically, before I had an Xbox, I had a PS2, and I had a Call of Duty World at um, uh, what World was the World War. one World at War, something yeah. like that. Yeah, World at War is a good one. Uh, one of the uh, one of the really old ones like that, and I it was a used copy, so it was like scratched. <laughs> and you could only get to like the fourth level or something like that. <laughs> Those were the days. Scratch discs from GameStop. Hey, they still work. Yeah. Just ask me, JT. How are you? How's your the dollar bin? So. Wait, what, Matt? I said, how are your PlayStation games that you took care of? Oh, they they still work flawlessly, man. That's all. I'm, I'm just saying. Just saying. Unlike yours, where like whole levels won't load. Hey, so come back. All right. Yeah, just put some peanut butter on it. I'm telling you, Rachel Ray knows the secret to life all right she's a fucking g when she told me that if you put peanut butter on a disc and wipe it it fixes the scratches mind blown yeah wait is that is that real am i yeah no 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 actually can i just tell that story real quick yeah. so oh. all right I, wasn't it um thrillville was the yep. game that we were trying to do yep. so he tells me yeah you just put peanut butter on it that's what rachel ray said and it's gonna work and i'm like dude you're stupid there's no way in hell putting peanut butter on the back of a disc to get rid of scratches is going to work. So he does it. The scratches are all gone. And I'm like, that's just because there's peanut butter like in the scratches, right? They're, they're still there. It's still like code that's like broken away from the disc. He puts it in his PlayStation 2. I shit you not. It worked flawlessly <laughs> for like about 25 minutes. <laughs> all right. oh. We were like, what the it just made no sense i was so salty man i was like no man no not gonna work sometimes the games just know like remember how uh my uh black ops one game launch never work yeah now launch works i don't know why but it just decides it wants to work that's weird yeah my whole black ops one stopped working well, the, the question I really want to ask you guys is, you know, some of you have played Modern Warfare 2 a lot, some of us not so much. Do you feel like it's a good idea to remaster multiplayer? Yes, 100%. Okay. 100%. You know why? Because why? the new Call of Duty maps are trash. They're god-awful. They don't even try. Because, like, for me, I like to camp. If I can't camp, <laughs> I can't, my KD is not good, all right? Like, people might hate campers, but that's fucking yes. what it is now. Like, 
people are not going to go down the fucking firefight. Oh, let me just quick scope a guy. No, you hide yeah. it going the whole time. You wait for someone to come around. You kill them. I mean, yeah. it, it makes it funny. You get kill streaks, and then like people get mad where they want to kill the camper. And when you actually kill the camper, it's enough. Yeah. No, that is, that is straight up a great feeling. You get like, honestly, we used to do that so much. Black Ops One, we'd be camping on top of jungle, at like that rock cliff, and you could just tell like people wanted to kill us off of there, and it, that's how the gameplay kind of unfolded. It's like we would basically be playing King of the Hill. They'd kill us, they'd take the hill, then we'd come back, we'd kill them, we'd take the hill, and that's just how it went. And it was fun because you yeah. they're just trying to throw grenades, flashbangs, concussions, gas, everything. And like you still survive. But, but but again, if you're on the other side, like if you're trying to kill those people, you keep dying. But then when you finally kill them, it's like the best feeling. You're like, fuck you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So okay. Obviously, me and Matt want Modern Refer to to be remastered, but Josh, like do you think you would even enjoy it? Because, like, for us, it's nostalgic. But for somebody like you, would you even play something like that? Um, I mean, if my friends had it, you know, I would. I mean, I have heard good things. And I remember, I don't, uh, a couple months ago, I guess, they remastered the campaign. And all I heard was just a bunch of groans. And they're like, Modern Warfare 2 was the best online ever. So, Based on all that, I probably would, but like you, like you said, I wouldn't have that nostalgia for it. But okay. you know, and childhood. what was so that? What? I said it's okay. I know you didn't have a childhood. It's okay. Yeah, I, I really didn't. Um, we can get into that another time. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> yeah, the next segment's your interview, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I, you know, I, I would be interested if my friends got it. But honestly, like if you guys weren't going to get it, and they're like, "Hey, one over for two multiplayers out," I'd be like, "Uh, you know, unless that's just where the trends went, and that's just what all the streamers were doing, and that's where all the players are, I probably wouldn't get it." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but for the again, I just like nostalgia. It depends. Yeah. What will be the price for like a remastered Modern Warfare Two? Because I'm not gonna drop seventy bucks. For- uh, hope- True. Hopefully, since it's just the multiplayer, it'd be like what twenty bucks. I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'll be that just- also doesn't sound a lot like Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> you see, I I loved uh, the I love the maps in the multiplayer for uh, Modern Warfare Two, uh, especially because I love sniping and you could get like a ghillie suit for your character. And there was some maps that just had such grass, grassy or bushy areas you could just hide out in there and yeah. wait for people to come by and pick them off. But generally speaking, when I hear that a game is being remastered, my first thought isn't, oh, this is going to be amazing or, oh, the nostalgia. It's more so, oh, so they're running out of original ideas and the new games they're turning out are kind of crappy. And so they're trying to... uh get people to spend money to rebuy something they've already bought, but they no longer were supporting on the original systems. Right. See, I agree with that on movies, but certain video games, like Modern Warfare 2 is probably a little newer on this list, but I play a lot of old school video games, and mm-hmm. I 
couldn't tell you how much I would love remastered on some of these. Just like now, they can do it wrong. They've done a few of my childhood games dirty, but they've done a few that were well done. Yeah. But so I I, I am all for a graphical update and uh, you know fixing some of these bugs that they had. Now I'm not saying that you need to turn around and remaster Halo Five already or anything like that, but yeah. Well, and and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. Is there were so many bugs in the multiplayer of Modern Warfare Two? To me, it was the most fun Call of Duty I ever played. But it was also like you could get into some games and you were just getting noob tubed constantly. And I know Matt, like you used to you used to be the guy that would noob tube. You darn right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I hate you for it, but <laughs> it, it was it was pretty broken. And, you know, they're really Blast Shield. Like, do you remember Blast Shield? It was essentially equipment and it acted like flak jacket or EOD. Yeah. But it just didn't work well. It, like, oh, you would it have to turn it on and it would get rid of your radar, which made no sense to me. Like, Man, they, they'd have powerful. to fix stuff. No, yeah, it was not powerful at all. Like, they, <laughs> they'd have to fix a lot of shit with it. And that's, that's my issues. It's like, where do you draw the line between things that you just remaster and you don't change like do you change stopping power do you not and then what things do you change because there was some really broken shit in that game as well yeah well the one thing i remember like so didn't like call of duty remaster modern warfare like five years ago yeah like how was that turned out because like i don't like i remember like some people like matt can't hear you Uh, my my thought was, you know, when Modern Warfare came out, like like the remastered version, like five years ago, like mm-hmm. I like a few friends that bought it, but like they only played it for like a week or so, and then they never touched it ever again, and then it's kind of forgotten. Yeah. Which honestly, I, I wonder if that happens because, like, think about it. like if we think of Call of Duty as like this thing that's evolved over many many years. If you go back and you suddenly get rid of features, because the original Modern Warfare only had three kill streaks. Yep. So pe- some people who like are used to the new stuff, they're gonna be like, "Well, that's kind of boring." You know? Oh, I don't, I don't have a jetpack. That's kind of boring. So it's kind. I think that's what's really difficult about going back to these old games and remastering them. As much as I love them, we're kind of old gamers at this point, guys. <laughs> Yeah, all I want in life is a remastered Star Wars Battlefront. That's all I want mm. in life. But no. Yeah, it'd be fun. Oh but, man, I bought those on PC. They're so good. I, the original I, ones. I have for uh, Xbox One. It's the best $5 I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. But another question. I, I can try to think of a question. But I do think Call of Duty games have gotten better compared to the past few years. Like, like I think the worst Call of Duty game ever made was Infinity War. I think Infinity War, or you could you could make an. Oh, argument. you mean Advanced Warfare? Infinity War is the name of a company. Oh yeah. Whatever. Okay. Ghost and Advanced Warfare, the two worst Call of Duty games. I hated those so much. I didn't buy them, but I no. played them a little bit. Well, the last like Call of Duty game I've ever bought was Modern Warfare Three, and that was garbage. Yeah, not a fan. Because they got rid of like the noob tubing. It was like a barely even worked. The maps were terrible. You couldn't camp. If I can't mm-hmm. camp. I'm not gonna like it. Yeah. It's, it's like same with like like the the new Modern Warfare that came out that we play Warzone with. 
Like those maps suck. Oh yeah. But Warzone is great. Warzone's fun, but like individual maps, if you try playing team deathmatch, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, I, I think the peak of Call of Duty was World at War, Modern Warfare Two. Or I'm sorry, Modern Warfare, World at War, Modern Warfare Two, and Black Ops One. Oh, those Ops those four bad. games in a row were they revolutionized the gaming industry, and ever since then, I've always felt like it's kind of gone a little bit downhill each year. To me, Black Ops is my favorite game of all time because, like, having the two-player online was a game changer. Mm-hmm. Game changer, especially for like zombies, because then like you have all your buddies play at the same time, mm-hmm. play two people. Oh, those are the best. Or especially like for me, you know, I had my sister's boyfriend living at my house, so like. Him and I played online together, and that was fun because we didn't have to like take turns. You know, okay, I die. Okay, it's your turn. We can just play online. But now they went back to single player, multiplayer, which is lame. Yeah, you can't beat split screen, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's not going to be any more split screen games, which is very disappointing. I grew up with two brothers, and we always did. I mean, split screen everything. Yeah co-op this co-op that you know whatever and like you said like you just there's very few games coming out i i'm actually struggling thinking of one right now that are co-op oriented you know because yeah. warzone's not multiplayer <laughs> i can think of i mean unless um, if you can't go online yeah this is boring yeah yeah it really is a shame because uh that to me is the ultimate. It's like playing online with your friends is cool and all, but I mean, let's face it, you always get somebody that lags out or, yeah. you know, somebody's headset glitches out. It's just so much better when you're sitting right there next to your buddy, you know, sipping on a root beer. <laughs> yeah, root beer. Root light. Man, root light. Those were the days back in the day, just uh, getting together with all your friends and hanging out and playing video games all afternoon. Yeah. Um, it's it's strange to think about some of this technological progression of certain things like uh obviously this with video games and you know how in 10 years it went from like uh oh yeah you can play uh multiplayer with your friends in the same house on a split screen to now well you gotta play um you gotta play in uh different houses to uh play with your friends on this video game because mm-hmm. it's got multiplayer features yeah mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's kind of the same way with cell phone batteries or something like that, where yeah. you used to really change out the batteries, and now you've got to just charge it. And if it, once that's gone, got to get a new phone. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, this is kind of unrelated to our initial topic, but I don't know if any of you guys played SimCity on the computer. Uh, basically, just built a city, and I remember SimCity 4 was just fantastic. The graphics were pretty decent. All the, all the different stuff that you could build was fantastic. But then SimCity 5, you had to play the game online for like the longest time, which makes no sense. It's a single-player game, but you had to be connected to the internet to access the game. That's it was crazy. such a weird feature. Because like you're it, offline, why do you need it? Right, exactly. It was the definition of like, a hey, I want to be by myself and just sort of chill, listen to music, and build a city. But yet you had to play it online. It was... Yeah, it did not do well, needless to say. But yeah, well, guys, uh, we've been talking about this for a while. I think it's probably time we transition into uh, grilling. I mean, uh, interviewing Josh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, TC. Do you want to go first, man? Any questions? Um, 
Yeah, sure. Uh, so Josh, you've got obviously uh, a significant culinary background. And so I wanted to approach one kind of from that and then also just come at it from another weird angle as well. So I, I want two different answers to this question. One of uh, something that you had before and then the other of uh, something you'd like to try. But if you were a death row inmate, what would your last meal be? Ooh. Ooh. Um, so before I, I get to that question, I, I realized in the, the past ones, we, we brought up the fact that I'm a poker player, but what we also didn't bring up is I do have a certificate in the culinary arts that I received before becoming a poker player. And I did work a few years in the restaurants and been cooking since I was five or six, you know? So I was wanted to throw that out there first. Um, the death row inmate. I mean, okay. I mean, I could go super elaborate with this, but honestly, like my go-to, like all-time favorite thing, it's just a really well, just a really well done cheeseburger. I just, you can't beat it. You can't yeah. beat it. It's my favorite food of all time. Uh, there's so many different ways you can go about making them, and they're all delicious. Well done, though. No, no, no. no I just. A perfectly executed. Oh, I thought you were talking about your burger cooked well done. Uh, so <laughs> we, just, we, just, we just kick him out of the chat. Like, All right, fuck that. <laughs> That's a great culinary artist, you know. I was chef out of my food well done. <laughs> All right. Well, that's actually a perfect time for me to ask one of my questions. Why did you transition from being a cook? You, you had a job. You had a good job to becoming a poker player. So, honestly, the main – so I had two passions when I was growing up. This is going to sound really weird. So it was poker and cooking. I knew I wanted – I knew I loved poker. I, I remember the year. It was 2003. I, I knew I loved the game. I wanted to do that. My dad let it slip that you could be a pro at it. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And he's like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> so <laughs> all growing up, I knew I wanted to play poker. But the problem is when you're trying to play poker, you got to have money first. And to appease the parents, they were like, we want you to have some sort of college. But And they were a little disappointed. I didn't want to go to the, the – the degree route, but I also, you know, in the culinary worlds certificate, mostly just experiences for it. But anyway, um, so my main focus working in the restaurants for as long as I did is I had to get 21 and I had to get money. Mm -hmm. So honestly, uh, I, I had a good job. Uh, I loved it when I was there. I worked at Fleming's steakhouse. It was great. I made good money, met a lot of cool people and honestly, the reason I made the jump when I did, uh, I was at one of those points where it was like, okay, I'm ready to move up, but I would have probably had to relocate if I wanted to, uh, and it just it was just the right time. It was one of those. It was like you could relocate to Alabama or somebody be a sous chef here, sous chef there, and it just. It was just, when you know, you know. I, I knew I'd always wanted to be a poker player, and I matched my two goals. I had money, and I was 21. Mm -hmm. So, so if, if you're playing poker, you know, to start off the bat, 
what's the best way to like I guess take the lead? Do you just like go all in first hand, like <laughs> other people bluff and like you win a couple of hands? Well, what's the best trick? Uh, well, that's the beauty about the. There is no best trick, I would say. I mean, everyone's got their own strategy. Uh, I will say, I don't just advise going all in on the first hand, regardless of <laughs> what you have. Now, if it happens, it happens. If you have the the, the spot, I'm not, you know, hey, I've gone all in my first hand before. It, it's happened. I've actually gone in my first hand and my second hand. It it happens in a row. <laughs> Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I went all in my first hand, lost, went all in my second hand. I bought back in, went all in, won, and got right back to even. Hmm. That's one way to do it. Yeah. 50-50? That's, a, that's yeah. a 50% success rate. I'll take that. <laughs> but I'm not saying it's a, that's advice. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say, like – when I first start out, I'm very passive. I'm very passive at the table. You know, you got to learn where everything, you know, how everybody's playing. So I, I'm very just passive my first 30 minutes to an hour when I play. And how's your poker face? Because you got like, do you have like shades on? Like, do you have like a face <laughs> excited or you just like act like nothing nonchalant? I have like five aces in my hand. Nonchalant. <laughs> Well, if I have five aces, I'm a... <laughs> yeah, I think that would be cheating, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to kick out. So, uh, um, I, I do not wear shades. Uh, I, I kind of get where they're coming from, but honestly, I'm not playing against that kind of caliber player where they would, if there is a tell from my eyes, they're not going to pick it up. So I, I just don't like wearing sunglasses inside. So I don't wear the sunglasses... Don't put the hoodie over my face. Again, if I ever played, like, against super pros, you know, come talk to me then. I don't know. But like, what, if, what if we play poker and I'm just looking at your eyes. I'm like, you motherfucker, you're lying. You know, well, good, good for you. In. Now, I just have a question. What do you what do you look for in somebody's eyes? Do you know? Yeah. What when is they, it? When they see a little squint, they get a little a squint. And then I'll try. I, I'll try like striking conversation. That's how I know if they're lying. If their pupils get bigger, they're lying. Or they're it's high, like, or I, incredibly attracted to you. One or the other. <laughs> can't it also be excitement? What if I'm excited about my cards? I and mean, those are all win-wins for me because I'm, what I'm getting at is one: you think I'm looking good today, so you know I'm not gonna go home alone. <laughs> Two. I know that you're lying, so that means you either have a good hand or you have a bad hand, and then that's all no. Well, then how do you know if I'm lying? If I can have either a good hand or a bad hand, if my pupils, would you say expand, dilate, dilate? Well, depends. <laughs> if, if I ask you, do you have a good hand? You're like no, and then your eyes get bigger. Then I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's lying. I mean, you could get high. But then, you know, then you're just going to fuck yourself because then I'm just going to just keep messing with you and ask you, like, deep questions. You're going to be lost out of the game zone. So either way, it's a win-win for me. Honestly, it's, it's definitely worth pointing out that me, Josh, TC, Alex, a lot of us have played poker together for real money. Uh, Matt's never done that. And <laughs> <laughs> anytime I have played with him, he's terrible. 
I get bored. Like, I'll, I'll get like 30, 40 minutes in. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going all in. Fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> it's bored, yeah. It's true, ask yeah. JT. No, I know it, man. It's true. <laughs> but the most I've ever won was a cookout tray. And it was the best hey. best poker I've ever played. Mm-hmm. $5 buy-in, got second place. It was like, got a cookout tray. We're okay. It's a good day. <laughs> hey, that is a good day. You know, so, why, well, you know how what my strategy was? What's up? What? I said, fuck it. I'm going all in. <laughs> on the first hand. <laughs> Have you uh, seen what I'm saying? So you got second with that strategy. It just it depends how the card gods are reacting that day. Uh, well, how how do you worship the card gods? Uh, well, I sacrifice a goat every night. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's Satan, bro. <laughs> that's oh, whoops! <laughs> ah, tomato, tomato. Uh, <laughs> All right, Josh, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but I had written it down anyway. I'm curious if you want to expand upon it. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Was it, was it always a poker player or was there something else? Uh, it was I'm, – I'm trying to think before that. Like I said, I would have been – I know since I was seven, I wanted to play poker. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, cool. yeah, I – because I, I grew up in a family where it was all about games. Like, my family was board game playing, card game playing, you know, all of that. Um, so I just grew up around just playing games. And then when it came on TV in 2003, my dad happened to be watching the World Series of Poker. And I'm like, wow, they're playing a game for money. You know, I'm seven. I'm like, oh, they're playing a game for money? That's so cool. And then my dad explained how it works. He's like, yeah, some of these guys are professionals. And I'm like, you know, like I said, professional gamer, that, that's awesome, you know, especially to a seven-year-old. I'm like, oh, that's, that's amazing. So really from that point, I knew I wanted to play cards. It was one of those that I was like, maybe that's unrealistic. And then the other thing I was really interested in, like we've said, was cooking. I, I mean, like I said, I've been cooking for as long as I can remember I've been in the kitchen. So I knew I was going to go one of those two routes, but honestly, poker playing, I mean, that's just so cool. The hours are are better. Yeah, way more <laughs> so, flexible. Uh, I do put in a lot of you know work during the week. My hours fluctuate. I'm in there quite a bit, but holidays, you know, it, things come up last minute, you know, so it, it, is, it is a good flexible schedule for a, you know, mid twenties guy, you know yeah, what I mean? For sure. But yeah, so I've uh, yeah, just honestly since I was seven I knew I wanted to play cards. That's amazing to be that young and, and have a, a direction to go in. You know, I think a lot of people they're like twenty something when they figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, T C did you have any follow up questions? I know uh, you said you had two earlier. I I have a few questions, but they uh don't directly uh tie in uh to that that's okay i again most of most of mine were actually uh were culinary related but uh i i guess uh my next question would have been like uh to describe your your, uh like your perfect meal if you're preparing if you're trying to impress someone and you're you're cooking food for them or whatnot uh like 
what do you cook for them and uh what what kind of mixed drink do you make to pair with it because i know you also have a, you also have a uh, bartending certificate correct I, I do. I haven't really, I haven't used it much, but I do have it. Um, I'm a pretty basic whiskey Coke guy usually, but uh, yeah, yeah. anyway, so back to this, this, this meal. Do I have a budget for this meal or is this just like what my normal go-to is or what my ideal go-to would be? Like, what are we? Well, let's not, let's, I'm not, number on the budget or anything like that, but don't get like too obscene with it. Like, Oh, I'm putting in all the most expensive caviar and throwing on all the most, the uh, throwing on the fancy cold leaf or whatever. I'm flying in this ingredient from yeah. cooks rhino. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if you're just trying to cook to, like, to impress a girl? You have this girl over. Yeah. You're trying to make this nice meal for her. What would, what would you make? Uh, well, that is a tough one. So I will say what I mean, I guess, quote unquote, specialty uh, is pastas and sauces and stuff. Like I used to make homemade pasta all the time. Uh, I don't do it so much now when I'm by myself. I don't have the fancy equipment like I used to. But uh, I would, yeah. Uh, my best go-to would probably have to be some kind of like shrimp alfredo of some sort if we're kind of keeping it on the re- a realistic budget for me you know kind of like that but if i'm trying to like impress like a dinner party or whatever probably have to bust out either a beef wellington that's always a head turner people love that stuff uh also one thing that i did do this was Oh man, six years ago, seven years ago. Um, uh, TC knows this. I don't know if you guys know. One of my favorite proteins of all time is duck. So this was a few years ago. I was cooking for my mom, my sister in law, and uh, my dad, I think. Anyway, I bought a couple of whole ducks, broke them down. And I'm one of those that if I buy it, I'm using it. So I made my own stock out of the carcasses. You know, I, I, I had the breast, the thighs, and everything. And I, what I did, basically, I made a stock out of the carcass and other various things, and then turned that into a sauce. I used some port wine and some cherries, and the the breasts, simple, just. Uh, rendered them down in a pan, get the skin nice and crispy. And the legs and thighs, I actually roasted in the oven. But that is one of my favorite things, also. What um, would what would uh, Gordon Ramsay say about your food? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for the man, but uh, hopefully, he would find some redeeming qualities. Am I a Michelin star chef? No. <laughs> I, I don't have oh, any delusions. Don't downplay yourself. <laughs> you are. What are you? An idiot sandwich. <laughs> uh, I will say, if there was ever a time that he was tasting my food, I would just be honored and ecstatic. You know, I mean, that's one of, your, one of my culinary just heroes. But I would like to think he would find some stuff that he would like. But you, you know, you never know. <laughs> 
Well, all right. I wanted to get this question in here before we need to wrap up. Actually, we still got time. We still got time. Uh, yeah, unrelated to culinary, but what do you have like a favorite hangout story with just like us as a group? Is there something that's in the back of your mind? It's like, oh, wow, that was amazing. I think back to that time kind of thing. Well, I absolutely hate all of you. Thank you. Uh, okay. So I'm having trouble thinking. No. Um, I, well, honestly, as all of us as a group, I had, I mean, it was a great time. Your bachelor party, honestly. Yes. It was nice. a great time. Uh, I want to obviously not your, wait for your next bachelor party or anything because I'm sure you're not going to have one. But, I mean, I want to get that same group together and yeah. do the, you know, we rented the house uh, near the lake. I wouldn't mind, you know, maybe a summertime thing and actually get to use the lake. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but honestly, that was just that was a great time. Um, that involves all of us. Another me and TC thing was playing uh, 2K. Yeah, at TC's house, I absolutely loved that. Um, doing the what, what was that called? The general manager mode. What, what was that? Uh, association or my association? League? Yeah. My league, whatever that was. That was association, <laughs> not my league. Association. Okay. Uh, that was honestly so much fun messing with the drafting and having different s- stipulations and stuff. That that was always had a good time with that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, the bachelor party was amazing. And yeah, just for to clarify, so that was yeah, my wedding and it was just this past October. So yeah, we didn't get to go on any lakes in Minnesota or anything like that. <laughs> hey, you still love but... long free, all right? Hey man, I, that, I had the videos. Yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible time. Matt was my best man. Had all my all my closest friends there. Yeah, amazing, and amazing me. party. Yeah, and Josh. Josh was awesome. <laughs> when I really say best of friends, more neighbors. Yeah, the only reason I hung out with you is just because you're the closest house to me. That's true. So That's I'm true. I'm lazy. I'm like, uh, should I hang out with Nick? Oh no, JT's closer. I'll just go yep. to him. Yeah, oh, always, always got that impression. I was like, yeah, he just doesn't really want to. He doesn't seem like he wants to be here. <laughs> no, nope. well, I hate it here. Friends by default. Friends by default. Yeah, <laughs> the name of the podcast. Friends by default. Oh, also, never changed one... that. What, Matt? Matt? Oh no! Did the screen go dark? Oh no! Oh no! He's back. I'm back. All right. So, Josh. How the hell did we meet? I don't even remember like our first like time meeting each other. That's a question. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure I know. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was on the basketball court at Apex uh, Park. Mm. Okay. Um, as far as exactly what the date, what the year, I couldn't tell you. But I remember we were doing those. What we were just calling them sports days. We didn't know what we were going to play, football or basketball, but. Uh, I remember when we were getting organized. JT was like, "Yeah, I know a few a few guys that would that would be interested." And we were like, "Well, are they cool? We don't want any just weirdos." And he was like, "Well, can we be a little flexible on that." So we ended Actually, up. That's 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 not what you said. You guys were like, "Yes, we're desperate for anybody. We are so lonely." Please uh, remember it your way. I'll remember it my way. It was, somewhere, uh, sure. hey, it was somewhere in between that. It was, hey, 
can you bring some really talentless losers to the court? We want some people that we can really beat up on. The usual group is a little bit too challenging for us to play against. Get yeah. someone who, you know, looks like they might be okay at the sport until they take the court, and then we realize they really suck. And he's like, I've got the perfect guys for that. Yeah. That, that sounds more accurate. That, that's awesome. good, good memory, TC. Good memory. <laughs> hey, as long as you look like you're, you're an athlete, that's half yeah. the battle. Because you look good. Like, ooh, this guy knows how to play. I'm going to draft him because he looks like he plays basketball. But literally, I'm just that's like, the guy you. that can't do anything. Yeah, shows that's up with I a headband, elbow pads, <laughs> short shorts. I took him as my first pick in beer pong at the bachelor party, and man, that was a terrible decision. <laughs> Wait, who was? Jason, uh, Matt, Matt was for that first one versus you and Ryan. And he, oh, right. He, he okay, missed like so every shot by like a mile. I got. Chandelier uh, sucks, <laughs> but you know what? Matt's good at the great weather, but he's not good at making the shots. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever streaked in 30-degree weather? And the next day you know, on my team, we're both much better options. <laughs> You're just jealous. You wish yeah. you could streak. Yeah, well, all I know is Team Savannah College of Art and Design was wiping the floor with you all. Me and Ryan just destroying it. <laughs> yeah, we never went up against Jason and I together, and he, and he wouldn't have wanted to do that after a – after Ryan got stuck with Matt and had a streak around the uh, – <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you, I, I never felt more wild and free than running around the lake butt naked in 30-degree weather. Yeah. There, there, there's no better feeling. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that that, that right there is the definition of a bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> that, that feeling is that is what a bachelor party is that like. Was, well, then, we, then, then, you know, we, we gave you a little bit of loving. Yep. You're in bed, you know. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need to tell that story. Yeah, that was the night of my. Yeah, that was the night of my wedding, right? That yes. wasn't the day before. Okay, yeah. That was night the night of, before I, the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Night, yeah, right. Night before the wedding, I'm going to bed. I'm not going to be hungover or anything. Uh, I'm ready to go. So excited! It's like it's that sensation of like Christmas is the next day, right? That's how excited you are. And then. I'm like staring at the door and I see like all these shadowy figures like coming towards the glass door leading to my, my room. And you all like, you open the door and you're so loud and you're like giggling and like you're crawling on the floor towards my bed. I'm like, Oh guys, I'm awake. I can see you. <laughs> and then you all like yelled surprise or something. He ran and like jumped on me. Oh man. Yeah, while he was being responsible and going to bed at like eleven, eleven thirty, we were yeah. we were just still drinking, getting yeah, pretty uh pretty messed up. Like, ah, we just gotta stand there tomorrow. We don't have anything important. To do. <laughs> no, we got nothing right. to do. <laughs> yeah, because that was the thing. The wedding was on Saturday, my bachelor party was on Thursday. So it's like I had plenty of time to recover, but you guys went hard the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what we do. We broke hey. the door. I didn't even have to do the standing there part because I was like a half groomsman. I was invited to be a groomsman and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make the uh, bachelor party and uh, or if I might have been late to like the rehearsal dinner. And so I had informed him of that. And he's like, well, let me uh, let, let me ask someone else then. And I was like, yeah, go for it. I mean, obviously, you got to do what you got to do for your wedding. It's the best thing. But I mean, 
So I didn't even have to worry about standing up there and like not puking or anything like that. I could be <laughs> <in> the back. <laughs> what what if like one of us puked? Like we're just like just so hungover, right? Like, <laughs> I think I would have laughed, but that would have just been me. I think everyone else would have shot. <laughs> 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 Just uh, wanders up, to, just wanders up to you uh, on like uh, in the center of the stage, JT, and just pukes all over you right before the wedding. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh what if I just puke all over you? Just, oh, like, Turn towards Josh next time. <laughs> what do you mean next time? <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, so. We're getting towards the end of the podcast. I want to do two more things. I got one more question for you, Josh. And then I got the, uh, is it true or is it false story? I want to wrap up. with. So okay. Josh, my absolute favorite story that you've ever told me, and I want you to share it with everybody else is the oh, time boy. you met that pro poker player. Oh man. Okay. So let me rewind back to, uh, 2003 first. Um, so for those in the poker world already know where I'm going with this, but those that are not, um, so when it was on, my dad was, was telling me about it and he was like, yes, this, there's pros in this. And he said, just like in basketball and football, you have your favorite players. So go ahead and pick a player that you are going to root for or uh, whatever. And it makes it a little more exciting. You know, he's trying to keep me involved. And, uh, well, there was this guy on TV and his name was Chris Moneymaker. Mm-hmm. So, again, when you're seven, you hear this guy's name is Moneymaker. You're like, wow, that's who I'm rooting for. Yeah. Uh, and he w- was not a pro. He got in um, through this satellite tournament. Like He won a spot to go. And he was in. He was an amateur um, you know, player. But he obviously played a lot of poker. Anyway, I'm rooting for him the whole time during this world series i forget how long it lasted um he ends up winning and it it caused what they what they called the poker boom this he was the first amateur to win i think there was another amateur in the 90s that won it like late 90s but he was like a mit math grad you know just a super genius guy mm-hmm. but this but chris moneymaker was the first like just normal average joe to win it and that stuck with me again as a seven, you know, as a seven-year-old. I'm like, wow, yeah, anybody can do this. And so now we'll fast forward. Um, I can't. I'm bad with the years. Uh, this was a couple years ago. Anyway, I have moved to Maryland. Um, there's casinos up here and all that. So I play at this casino called Maryland Live up here. Great casino. Great poker room. And uh, shortly after I actually moved in, uh, I had already been playing there for a while, making some weekend travels or even just some week-long things. And uh, I got to know the uh, some of the staff there. And anyway, they had uh, one day I was in there shortly after I moved. They said, "Hey, Chris Moneymaker is having a Poker Stars tournament come through. Uh, make sure you're here for that." And I was like, "Oh, wow." You know, so I did what I never do, and I played in a tournament. I'm a I'm a cash game player, not really a tournament player. Um, big differences. Uh, I don't think we have time for me to go through all of that, but 
anyway, so I knew he was coming through. So I was like, okay, I want to play his, in this tournament. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to make an appearance on like the last day, maybe shake the hand of the guy that won, you know, that kind of thing. So I entered the tournament and we're about, I don't know, two or three flights in. And then we, <laughs> I, I see this guy come off the elevator and I'm like, wait a minute, is that? And I do a double take and sure enough, it's Chris Moneymaker. And he's entering into the tournament and there's, there was multiple uh, days for this tournament. I think it was, you could play like, it was maybe Thursday night, Friday was some day ones that you could enter. Then Saturday or Sunday was day two. I can't remember how it was set up because well, I didn't last very long into the tournament, but I see him, I'm in the tournament, you know, I do my thing, a couple of bullets, not really going my way, but, uh, before on our on our first break, uh, he's taking photos with everyone, and I'm like, okay, I, I gotta go at least get a photo with this guy, right? Got me into the game, so I go up there, I introduce myself, shake his hand, get the photo, you know, <laughs> short and sweet. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to keep him all day, and I'm like, wow, I, I get to say I met him. <laughs> well, again, I'm out of the tournament at this point, so I go downstairs and I play in the cash games. And uh, I heard he he was still in the tournament, and then I heard that he was staying at Maryland Live, and he was gonna, uh, you know, be there all weekend. So I'm like, oh, awesome! So then I was like, I gotta make sure I'm here t- tomorrow. So I get there the next day, and again, I'm not really playing in the tournament, but I could have, but um, you know, I just tournaments aren't my thing, but I was like, I, I want to just get another chance. Maybe talk to him again. So I sit down at the, uh, at a, at the cash games downstairs and I'm doing my thing. I'm doing all right. And, uh, at some point in the day, I just see him walking from the cage over and he sits at the table directly to my left, same stakes and everything. And he sits directly on the table to my left. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's actually playing in the cash games. So I, I, I find the supervisor. I was like, "Hey, I need a table change when possible." Um, and he he before he asked me any follow up questions, he just looked over, saw him, looked back at me, smiled, and said, "Got it." I said, "Do you want to know a table?" He said, "I, I already know." I was like, "Sweet." <laughs> and I, it was the longest. It was only like twenty minutes, but it was like the longest twenty minutes of my life. I just kept looking over. I'm like, "Oh my god, I got to get over there. Got to get over there." And sure enough, he walks over and says, "Hey, your seat's ready." I'm like, "Sweet." I got out of that chair so fast. and i sit down he's like three or four seats to my left and you know the whole time in my head i'm like all right just don't don't screw up don't don't do anything (laughs) too just risky don't try to be a hero and like make these crazy plays just play your game the whole time i'm just talking to myself all right just don't show over some stupid card all right and so we're just playing, and you know, I'm not like we're not talking too much during the game because you know it's a poker game, and we're across the table, you know, trying to just keep it to the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, we play solid, uh, man, hours, uh, seven, eight hours. We're at this table. Um, this, I mean, the guys to my right and left are constantly talking. I'm going to take his money. I'm going to take his money, and he's sitting there with just stacks in front of him. I mean, he's got four <laughs> five buy-ins worth in front of him. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm doing okay at the table. Unfortunately, I never got into a serious hand with him. We, we had a few hands together where we were in a multi-way pot and stuff like that, but um, 
I did get the show over a straight flush, won a high hand, won a big pot. And I'm like, yeah, that was me, you yeah. know. Um, but like I said, unfortunately, I didn't get that that showdown I was looking for because I wasn't trying to force it too. I'm like, right. everyone at this table, at least to my right and left, these two guys were forcing things, and he's so used to that he sees through these. I mean, he knows if you have it, you don't, or if you hit something weird, he he just he knows. They so look in like, your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he could look through my eyes and just he read my soul. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a little disappointing. But then he's getting up and he's like, "All right, well, I have a you know long day tomorrow, so I got to call it." I mean, it was already like after midnight. Yeah. So he's getting up and he's walking to the cage. And I was like, "Well, if I don't get to see him tomorrow, I got to go up there and talk to him again." So. Just to say, you know, nice playing with you and stuff. So after he catches it out, I just go up and I shake his hand again. I'm like, hey. And I give him a little bit of a brief, you know, he got me into the game. Try not to be too just fanboy. Yeah. Um, and he's like, so this is this – is, uh, you, you play you play cards. I was like, oh, well, you know, trying to. And I, I kind of laugh it off. And he's like, then – uh, he just smiles. He's like, "Oh, I gotta say, you're you're a you're a solid player, man. I didn't get any hands with you. We didn't have any showdowns. I'm like, yeah, which is I was, I was hoping for. He's like, yeah, I was trying to avoid that, to be honest. And I was like, what? He's like, because he's like, you were pretty solid. I was trying to stick to some of the others, and I just I didn't want to get mixed up in a hand with you. I was like, oh my god, that was like the biggest compliment. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you're you're real solid. You gotta stick to what you're doing. And we we talked. Uh, he he he. I I mean, he's a great guy. He stood and talked to me when he was, I'm sure, on his way to his room to go to bed. We still we talked for about a half hour. Yeah. We were talking back and forth, different things. And then he said, "Are you gonna be here tomorrow?" And I was like, uh, "I will now." And <laughs> he's like, "Great, I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna come down for the catch game flight. And if you're here, we should." You know, we should sit at the table. It's like, awesome. I, I mean, I'll I'll be here. And then he walked off. I was like, oh, I didn't ask what time his flight was. <laughs> so I was like, I, I'm, I'm here first thing in the morning. So I got back at the casino by like 9 a.m. just waiting. <laughs> and sure enough, he wasn't down until like after afternoon. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So worth it. And he sits down. And he's like, sorry I'm late, guys. And I'm like, you know, hey. So we got to play for a few more hours that day. That one was a lot more relaxed. That was a lot more joking. Again, no serious showdown with him. We only played for a couple hours because then he had to go to the airport. But that was that was a great time because it was a lot of just joking around. We had to talk about it. The game, like I said, was less serious. You know, yeah. Uh, Honestly, that's if if tomorrow I have to quit playing poker. Well, that I mean, that, that was like the highlight. I, mm. I don't think I could top that unless I win some major tournament. You know, right. that was yeah, that was I, a great that was a great experience. And I I just want to say this too. I remember hearing this story for the first time. I got back from college. I had no I knew that you had gone off to to play poker professionally, and to hear that story that not only did you get to meet like your childhood hero you got to play with him and then i mean you pretty much held your own you know so that was just such a cool thing as your friend i was like wow he's josh this josh guy's really good at poker (laughs) i i didn't embarrass myself i had a profit i was doing good (laughs) that was the most important thing i just like don't embarrass yourself (laughs) but you still gotta play your game you know you gotta make the bluffs and 
luckily right. just things worked out for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, uh, I think we're at a good place to transition to our final topic. Uh, so Matt, you didn't get to do this last time, but basically uh, I'm going to tell a story and you have to tell me at once I'm done telling the story, if it's a true story or a false story. All right. Okay. It's as simple as that. So um, it's World War One, and there is a British soldier in his trench. It's a very, very foggy day. There was a recent battle. And as he's sitting there guarding, uh, he sees in the distance a silhouette. And he raises his rifle and aims it at this silhouette, but he doesn't immediately fire because the person's obscured by fog. Uh, the battle happened recently, so it could be one of his own soldiers coming back to the line. Uh, and there's something you should know about this British soldier. By war's end, he was the most decorated uh, soldier, you know, most medals, most, most accommodations of the First World War. So he's been in combat now for a very long period of time. So this person keeps walking towards him, and eventually this guy, the silhouette, gets to about the 30-yard mark, and the fog has cleared enough that this British soldier can see that it is a German soldier. German soldier looks up at the same time. He's injured. He's unarmed. And they kind of just stare at each other for a brief second. And the German soldier thinks, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to die. I've made a horrible mistake. I went back to the wrong line. This is, this is it for me. So this British soldier, he's, you know, staring at the guy, aiming his gun at him. He looks to his right. He looks to his left sees that nobody else is really watching. So in a moment of just humanity, it's been a long, grueling war. He spares the guy. Uh, the German soldier nods, turns around, walks back off into the fog. Uh, years later, people would realize that that German soldier was, in fact, none other than Adolf Hitler. So that's the story. Uh, Josh, I'm going to start with you. Do you think it's true or false? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm bad at these, but just I'm gonna have to go with true. All right, what do you think, Matt? False, hundred percent. TC, you know I think that one's true as well. Yep, TC, Josh, you guys are correct. That's a true <laughs> story. Two and zero, oh, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> See? I'm alright with fifty-fifty. Yeah. I use my first, win my second. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, when I read up on this story, I was like, oh my gosh. Because like in that battle, apparently, Hitler got like hit with gas and artillery strike, and this British soldier almost killed him, but he survived. Yeah, I had vaguely remembered hearing like, he, there was numerous times that he had almost died in uh, World War One. Yeah. And uh, and so I was like, you know, this def- that definitely seems like something that's plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what's crazy about it too is it's like could you could you imagine you're this British soldier and I, I forget his name unfortunately but he really was the most decorated soldier for Britain in World War One but nobody remembers him because of all of his bravery and valor they remember him because he didn't pull the trigger one time yeah just like that just like that one priest uh, that uh, that saved Hitler from drowning as a kid no one remembers him for being a kind hearted a kind hearted priest who's uh, always working to help people it's like you're the kid that saved Hitler. You're the guy that saved Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> but like also, like, I feel like we would all do the same thing, though, too. You yeah. Know? Right. Because he Especially was. Especially the child. He was unarmed and injured. You know, like, that's the thing. 
Like even even in the war scenario, you're, pretty, you're really not supposed to like go gunning down oh, injured yeah. people. Um. Well, yeah. He's so. staggering towards me. He's a zombie. I'm pulling that trigger. Ah, <laughs> oh, Nazi zombies. <laughs> Nazis weren't around yet. <laughs> the first one, the original one, is patient zero. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I think we'll do the outro. Great talking with you all. Uh, remember, if you are listening to this podcast, this podcast is between us and you. It's a secret. Just like Fight Club, don't tell anybody about this podcast. Don't like, don't subscribe. Uh, this is between us and you. And I uh, will see you next time.